the Bills didn't blow it. We're breaking down the Bills win over the Chiefs today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Happy Victory Monday to you. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Kansas City Chiefs 20 to 17, improving to 7 and 6 and keeping their playoff hopes alive. I am stunned. Now, I predicted the Bills to win this game, so I'm not surprised that they won. But the fact that it felt like they were unraveling, but instead of finding a way to lose, they found a way to win. The Bills had a 14-7 lead at halftime after a very chaotic end of half sequence that saw Kansas City get on the board with 119 left in the half to cut the Bills lead from 14 points to seven points. Then the Bills get the ball and they're threatening field goal range and it gets hectic. You're not sure if they're going to go for a long field goal or a Hail Mary. Then they go in the half up by a touchdown. You kind of felt like they should be leading by more. They come out of the first of the second half. They get a field goal. They're up 10. The Chiefs respond with a nine-play, 75-yard touchdown drive to make it 17-14, to 14, and it just felt like from there the Bills were going to unravel. I mean, you're watching this game. They, The Chiefs score that touchdown, and then the, the Bills are just like sputtering. The three punts in a row, two of those drives were three and outs. The one that wasn't a three and out, the Bills actually had six plays for negative six yards. They couldn't take advantage of a short field after a takeaway. The game-winning field goal drive felt chaotic. And then you see Patrick Mahomes get the ball back with a chance to tie or win the game. And you're thinking about Sean McDermott's defense and how it typically doesn't come through in those situations. And you're preparing yourself for a Bills loss. And then they win. The Bills did it. They won the game. It was like such a strange mental roller coaster from feeling like you're in control of the game to feeling like the team was going to blow it and then just mentally preparing yourself for a loss, but then they won. And so, like I said at the beginning of the conversation, I am stunned in all the best possible ways. So let's attack this conversation with a more traditional things I liked and things I didn't like. And I think that should really allow us the opportunity to get into the most important takeaways from this game. Let's start with things I liked. and. The player I want to start with is James Cook. I thought he was terrific in this game. 10 rushes for 58 yards, 
five catches for 83 yards and a touchdown. He winds up having 15 touches for 141 yards from scrimmage with a touchdown. I mean, James Cook accounted for 43% of the Bills' offensive yards for the game on 15 touches. And so, obviously, big touchdown catch to get things started. They were able to lean on him at times to generate offense. You almost kind of wish that they did it more. But James Cook, I mean, I think he was the Bills' offensive catalyst in so many different ways. And it's nice to see. Obviously, the the Philly game, you're, you're reminded of that dropped touchdown, the twinkle toes on the sideline. Put it together for this one really played good football and was able to carry the offense at times. I really enjoyed both of those touchdown drives, back-to-back touchdown drives, really kind of felt like the Bills were in control. The first touchdown drive was fun, six plays, 53 yards, never got the third down. I always love that. I love when you can skip third down. So you get Josh Allen for a four-yard run, Dawson knocks over the middle of the field for 11 yards, another eight-yard run from Josh Allen, a three-yard completion, to Steph Diggs, and then the 25-yard touchdown pass to James Cook. Great route, great throw, great read. Touchdown, you're on the board. And you respond with another touchdown drive in your next offensive opportunity, 12 plays, 73 yards. Again, James Cook, a catalyst for that drive with the 27-yard reception down the sideline. It winds up eventually getting to third and six from the Bills nine or from the Chiefs nineteen, so the plus nineteen. And Josh Allen has that scramble for five yards to get it to fourth and one. Sean McDermott chooses to go for it as opposed to kicking the field goal there. They get it. Really fun play, like Josh Allen rolling to his right. He's like dancing with Nick Bolton. He finds Dalton Kincaid on kind of like a, a sidearm throw for a for a first down conversion. And then from there, it's the Josh Allen touchdown run. And how fun was that? I mean, Josh Allen's like bottled up at the five yard line. And then he keeps digging. The offensive line gets behind him and pushes him in for a touchdown. It was a flex on a moment, right? Josh Allen is literally flexing after the play. That's what you love to see. It felt like they were having a lot of fun out there. I mean, that was really the peak of the offense was those two back to back touchdown drives and on both of them you see Josh Allen runs and you see James Cook's involvement leading to touchdowns and that was an absolutely a beautiful thing and so some really good offensive moments earlier in the game I think they sputtered down the stretch we'll talk about that but as we begin this conversation with things I liked it's James Cook it's those back-to-back touchdown drives it's being able to lean on really different players for offense and get on the board with those with those two touchdown drives. I think that was absolutely pivotal for this football game. Now, there's plenty of other things that I liked. I'm going to talk about big plays on defense, uh, some random notes on offense. We'll get into things that I didn't like, but wanted to really kind of start this conversation with the mental roller coaster that I went through watching this game, and maybe you felt the same way, where you just feel like it's 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 slipping away once again. But then it didn't. But then it didn't. I know that there's a lot of controversy over that touchdown that I guess like Travis Kelsey catches the ball. He throws it back to Kadarius Tony. They score a, a touchdown that puts them ahead. Josh Allen would have still had 
over a minute with multiple timeouts to to try to respond uh, gets negated because Kadarius Tony's lined up in the neutral zone. Like you can't line up there. And, and so for as much as you've seen the commentary after the game really being about that call and it, a lot of complaints from the Chiefs that they called it and you know social media has their own reaction to it. I mean, it's a pretty egregious penalty that's that's blatant. Um, and obviously the Bills were able to shut the door from there. But the mental roller coaster plus James Cook and that early offense, I think, was my 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 the parts of the game that were the most interesting to me. And I really wanted to start with that. But we got a bunch more to get into. But first, let me tell you about DoorDash. Folks, I'm obsessed with DoorDash. The convenience is unmatched, right? We're all busy. We're all wondering when we're gonna have some extra time, right? And you gotta get to the grocery store, you gotta make dinner. Well, DoorDash can handle those things for you. They'll bring you groceries right to your front door, just like you picked them off the shelf for yourself. They'll bring you food from your favorite local restaurants right to your front door. They'll bring you a snack from the gas station. You need, you know, a bag of chips and a, and a soda, something like that. They'll bring it to you right to your front door. So stop worrying about what's for dinner. Stop worrying about, you know, if you're going to have time to get to the grocery store, use DoorDash. I got a deal for you here. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend 15 bucks or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. The next thing I want to get to here are the big plays that the Bills made on defense, and I have five of them down that I think are really, really significant. And we'll go in chronological order in the way that they happened in the game. And the first big play on defense happened on the first drive of the game. The Chiefs get the ball first, and they're moving, right? I mean, they are like the Bills' defense looks bad to start the game. Well, that drive came to an end courtesy of A.J. Epinesa, right? Tips the ball up, intercepts it on the first drive of the game. It was second and five from the Bills' 30, right? The plus 30 for Kansas City. They're moving the ball with ease, and Epinesa makes a huge play to end that drive. Huge play on defense. Then the very next possession, third and seven. Ed Oliver, Greg Rousseau, they combine for a sack. So big-time early impact from your defensive line in the first two series that end drives for Kansas City. The next play, 38 seconds left in the third quarter. Christian Benford forces a fumble. Rasheed Rice, the guilty party for Kansas City, trying to compete after the catch. Christian Benford knocks the ball out, recovered by Taron Johnson. And that was the fifth play of that drive. It was second and 10 from the Chiefs, 42. That ended the drive, and it protected a 17-14 lead for the Bills. Third and seven, seven minutes left in the game. Kansas City tied it up on their previous possession. They're, They're trying to take the lead here. And, of course, the Bills responded to the Kansas City tying it up by going three and out. So this is the Chiefs. Looks like they're they're in business, right? They're about to take control of this game. You have a big time pass rush from Dorian Williams. Rushes uh this the B gap, takes an inside rush on, on Juwan Taylor. And he's hitting Patrick Mahomes as he's throwing the ball. Pat can't get the juice on the ball that he needs to. It falls short of his intended target. And the Chiefs wind up punting, and they give the ball back to the Bills, and that drive is the game-winning field goal drive for the Bills. 
made possible because of a great pass rush by Dorian Williams to get the Bills off the field on third and seven. And then the last one I'll mention here is third and 15. One minute and five seconds left in the game. The Bills are up 20 to 17. Ed Oliver gets his hands up on the football and it falls incomplete, setting up the fourth and 15 that we know falls incomplete. But that's huge, right? Anytime Patrick Mahomes throws the ball, you hold your breath, right? That's just how it is. Well, you can knock it down to the line of scrimmage and take away the result. That's a great play. So I think you had five big-time impact plays by your defense. A.J. Epinesa, Oliver and Rousseau, Benford forcing a fumble, Taron Johnson recovering it, the big-time pressure by Dorian Williams, and then Ed Oliver getting his hand on the football on third and 15. Some other random notes here. How about Deontay Hardy? Guy had one catch in the game. He's inactive last week against, or the last time the Bills played, I know they had the bye against Philly. Third and six from the Bills' 35-yard line. On the game-winning field goal drive, I mean, if this play doesn't happen, the Bills punt the ball, who knows what the outcome is. Third and six from the Bills' 35, the protection holds up, and Josh drops a dot to Deontay Hardy for 25 yards to convert. Keeps the possession alive, and of course, the Bills eventually kick the game-winning field goal. Huge, huge play. A few other notes here on offense before we get into things that I didn't like. Dawson Knox came back, three catches for 36 yards on three targets. Now, he did have one holding call. I thought it was a good call that should have been called that hurt the team, but three catches for 36 yards. Good to see that in his return. Dalton Kincaid, five receptions in this game. Not a ton of yardage, but still second on the team in targets with eight. So it's nice to see that despite Dawson Knox being back into the lineup, you know, Kincaid still got eight targets. And if you get eight targets for an entire season, you're going to have well over 100 targets. So it's good to see that that volume was still there for Kincaid. Uh, It's good to see Tyler Bass goes two for two on field goals, two for two on extra points. He's perfect in the game, as I said, and I'm sure it might not be the same now, but Tyler Bass and the Bills were 28th out of 32 teams in the NFL in field goal made percentage and entering this game. And so it's good to see that. Uh, anytime you get a perfect performance from your kicker, that's a good thing. I thought Tyrell Dotson on defense did some good things as a downhill player. The Bills only had two tackles for loss in this game, one being the sack for Rousseau and Oliver, the other being Tyrell Dotson being able to make a tackle for loss. And so I thought his downhill ability, once again, was a positive for the Buffalo Bills. And look, I'm going to get into some negatives here. But one thing that I, I want to have as like a blanket statement over some of these negative things that I'm going to dive into is, that despite all of this, the Bills won the game, and, and particularly on the offensive side of the football where you know, I'm going to talk about Steph Diggs. I'm going to talk about Gabe Davis. I'm going to talk about Khalil Shakir, right, not, not having a ton of opportunity in this game, but still being able to win, right, still being able to be pretty efficient on third downs. You know, when you're not getting production from some of your most important players and you win a football game, you know, against Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead Stadium, that's a good thing. So just keep that in mind as I kind of get into some negatives. But I want to start with, not capitalizing on either takeaway on defense, the Epinesa pick or the Taron Johnson fumble recovery. The the AJ Epinesa pick gave the Bills offense the ball at the 47-yard line. Have nothing to show for that possession. And the and the Taron Johnson play was even worse in terms of the result and, and what it turned into. Yeah, you get the ball. The Bills offense got the ball at the plus 48 after that play. Have nothing to show for it. They didn't even get a good punt. 
after the Johnson fumble recovery. The return, it was a bad pump by Sam Martin, line drive middle of the field. We've seen this story this year. And Kansas City gets the ball right back where they had it at the 41. I mean, that's not good complimentary football. Your defense gets a takeaway. And your offense can't do anything with it despite a short field, and then you get a bad punt with a good return. So I didn't love not rewarding the defense for big plays in big moments. That end of first half sequence just felt completely chaotic. It felt like Sean McDermott was kind of torn between maybe a field goal attempt would have been 62 yards or the Hail Mary. They opted for the Hail Mary. People, I'm sure you want to know my thoughts on this, and, and here's the deal. Part of the pregame process is figuring out what your kicker's range is on both sides of the stadium. Well, I don't have that information. I don't know what number they agreed on that said, hey, from this point in, that's where I can make from. And so without that information, I don't know if it was a good decision. Obviously, Tyler Bass had had, had a string of misses. Maybe there's some confidence. The last thing you want to know is, putting them out there on the road, grass, outdoors, trying to hit from 62. They threw the Hail Mary. It's it's inconsequential at this point, but that, that felt very chaotic to me. And then the end of the game-winning field goal drive was kind of chaotic to me. It's first and 10. You, you, you string together some nice plays. You get first and 10 to the Kansas City 22-yard line with 210 left in the game. And then you wind up running three plays. Kansas City calls one timeout. You eventually give them the ball back with a three-point lead with a buck 54 left in the game. Like I, I felt like the just the incomplete passes there, the RPO throw to Diggs, dropped it, right? If you just catch that ball and get tackled even for a loss, you you take the ball, you take it down to the two-minute warning. It just kind of felt like, you know, it's I know it's tough to thread the needle between, hey, you don't want to score too soon and uh leave them too much time, but you want to score and kind of take care of what you want to do. I I just felt like there was easy opportunities there to make it a little bit more difficult on Kansas City should they get the ball back. Now, fortunately, the Bills' defense held and and it worked out, but both of those end-of-half offensive sequences felt chaotic to me. I thought the Bills' top receivers in this game just didn't do enough. Stephon Diggs, four catches on uh, for 24 yards on 11 targets, so plenty of opportunity. 11 targets, has four catches. Two drops that I charge him with, one on third down, one that if he would have caught the ball, it would have been important for the time management component that I just discussed. Gabe Davis, another zero catch game on two targets. And then Khalil Shakir, one reception on one target for 12 yards. It was a good play. But, I mean, those are some of your most important players on offense, and you wind up getting a total of five catches on – 14 targets, none for, I mean, for Davis and Shakir combined, you get one catch for 12 yards. Would have liked to have seen a bit more there for sure. Obviously, again, like I said earlier, you love to be able to win a game despite those dynamics, but you wish you had a little bit more. Josh Allen's interception, not good. Uh, bad decision, bad throw. 336 left in the second quarter. You're winning 14 to zero. It's third and four from the 43. Josh Allen has plenty of time. The protection holds up, like I said there, and you make a just a very ill-advised decision. They get the ball at the 48, and they score a touchdown to take your 14 to nothing lead and make it a 14 to seven lead. And then 
just a few more things on offense. I mean, five of your last six drives, not including the kneel out at the end of the game, those they just felt chaotic. The three and outs, not being able to find rhythm, wasting first down plays. They the first down plays felt like a mess there. Whether it was trying to get those perimeter screens going, the QB draw that Josh Allen checked into, it just felt like you weren't maximizing your opportunities on first down. Josh Allen took some bad sacks in this game uh, that I didn't expect him to take, to be honest with you. Uh, Joe Brady was just not in his bag in this one. I'm looking forward to studying the tape tomorrow and learning a little bit more about what the intent was and what the opportunities were. But it doesn't feel like this was a great overall plan for the Bills on offense. I mean, I, I really took a lot of exception with those perimeter screens. They That was their answer for some of the blitz looks that Kansas City is going to give you, and they just weren't effective. I think the middle of the field was where they needed to attack more. It seems like they were successful whenever they did that. I think you had some more play-action opportunities, like the run game's going, and you had some chances to dial up some play-action stuff, and you didn't. So I, I feel like Spagnola is a great defensive coordinator, and I think that he kept Josh Allen and Joe Brady guessing in this game. Uh, and I guess that's to be expected to be some to some extent, but I felt like he was kind of dictating more than the Bills' offense was dictating in this game, and I, I certainly would have tried some different things more with the middle of the field and play action uh, to counter some of their some of their pressure looks, but also some of their disguise looks as well. So, a lot to learn there from the offense, but again, great to win a football game and uh, be able to learn from this. So. All right, we're going to talk big picture here in just a second. Uh, the Bills playoff standings and some percentages and all kinds of stuff here in just a moment. But first, I got to tell you about Prize Picks. Folks, you got to check it out. Prize Picks is the funnest, most exciting, easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. I love the format. It's it's just you against the numbers. It's not you against thousands of other players including pros and sharks. Here's what you do. You select two or more players, you pick more or less in their projected stats and you place your entry. That's it. It doesn't take long. Picks can be made in under a minute, and then when you win, the withdrawals are super, super quick. I love having prize picks entries going into a slate of games, and also love that you can cross-pollinate between sports. So you can have a couple of the projections for a football game mixed with basketball, hockey, whatever you want. makes it really fun. So go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL. For a first deposit match up to $100, prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We all like to play fantasy football, but there's always that one annoying guy in the league that you just can't stand. He's the guy that you have to beat no matter what. He's always talking about how good his trades are and bringing up analytics. You know the guy I'm talking about. Let's just call him Alec. Well, every league has an Alec, but you know what else Alec does? Alec brings weak tortilla chips to a tailgate. The kind that snap right in half when you're scooping guacamole and trying to get that last scoop of salsa. For someone who claims to be the master of trades, he still hasn't made the trade for a better tortilla chip. You see, at Zach's Mighty, we believe in two things. One, chips are meant to be sturdy. And two, Alec doesn't know the difference between a strong chip and a wet paper towel. Our chips are cut from whole tortillas the authentic way to give them the strength to lift the heftiest dips and are fried to a corny crisp suitable for any dip at any tailgate. So this football season, 
Don't be an Alec and choose Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips, available at Wegmans at all locations. Be a winner. Eat Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips. All right, folks, let's talk big picture. Let's recap my predictions and talk about what's next for this podcast and the Buffalo Bills. So the Bills, 7-6, and six, they still sit at the number 11 seed in the AFC playoffs. However, there's some good things here. Like I mentioned, the 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11 seeds are all 7-6 and six right now. And so the Bills are in a decent spot, uh, all things considered. You'd love to have Philly win or the Denver win or not lose to Mac Jones or not lose to the Jets in week one, whatever. That stuff's all part of the deal here. But uh, some some numbers here that I think are pretty encouraging, and this comes courtesy of AJ, AJ Cybulski. Um, and he had a tweet that said the Bills playoff chances per the New York Times playoff machine. So if the Bills, the Bills right now, their playoff odds are 39% chance to make the playoffs. If they win out, so if they go 11 and six, if they win their last four or the next four, including well, last five, I know, but the next four games, if they go 11 and six, they have a 99% chance of going to the postseason, right? So that's step one. If you just go, if you win the next four games, Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins, you're going to be 11 and six. You're going to be in. If you win four of those games and your loss comes to the Cowboys, you got a 72% chance of going to the postseason. If you go 10 and 7 and your one loss comes to the Dolphins, you got a 60% chance. You go 10 and 7 and your one loss comes to the Patriots, 64% chance. You go 10 and 7, you lose to the Chargers, you got a 62% chance. So if you win all of the games, you're going. If you win four of them, depending on which one you lose, you have at least a 60% chance. If you wind up picking, well, I don't know if you could pick, but if, if the Cowboys game is the one that you lose, you got a 72% chance. So you got it. The Bills are in this thing. The Bills are absolutely in this thing. So that's the good news there. The bad news is they're still the number 11 seed uh, at this point. My predictions. I did okay here. I did okay. Number one, neither quarterback, uh, my prediction, my first prediction was that neither quarterback would be sacked more than twice. I didn't get this right. Now, Patrick Mahomes only sacked one time. Josh Allen sacked three times. And I think a couple of those are not sacks that he can take, but whatever, I got it wrong. Uh, I think I had the right idea, but Josh Allen took a couple of goofy sacks. Number two, as I said, the Bills would outrush the Chiefs. I was correct about that. Bills had 118 rushing yards to the Chiefs, 82. Number three is that I predicted that uh, Dalton Kincaid would have over 36 and a half receiving yards. He wind up having 21 receiving yards on eight targets and five receptions. He also had one reception taken away by a penalty. So it didn't hit, but the opportunity to hit was clearly there. Number four, as I predicted, James Cook would have over 19 and a half receiving yards. That absolutely happened. He led the team in receiving with 83 yards. Um, and, you know, the Chiefs have done a really good job this year of defending running backs in the passing game, but the Bills were able to tag them, or at least James Cook was able to tag them for 83 yards. I predicted the Bills would win, and that happened. So I go three for five on predictions with plenty of opportunity to go five for five. So look, I started slow on predictions, but the last few weeks I've really kind of turned it on here by getting at least three for the last several weeks in a row. All right, so what's next for the Bills? They got to play the Dallas Cowboys in Buffalo. 
Uh, I'm recording this at halftime of Sunday Night Football, and it was 24-6 to Dallas over Philly. Not sure how that game ends, but the Bills will be facing a good Dallas Cowboys team, so obviously we're going to spend a lot of time this week getting ready for that matchup. Next for this podcast is the All-22 Review. Looking forward to that. Uh, would encourage you to be part of the Lockdown Bills subtext community because if you're part of that, you get into our Discord channel, which is where on Mondays I drop all the All-22 film clips where I talk through different plays and things that stand out to me. Uh, so if you want to join the Lockdown Bills subtext community, there's a link in today's show notes to join it. You get one-on-one text message conversations with me. You get access to our Discord uh, channel. We um, first reaction to all major Bills news, in-game text, all that kind of stuff. But also, if you're part of the international audience that can't join the subtext, I have a way for you to be part of our Discord community. Shoot me an email, joemarino65 at gmail.com. I'll get you into our Discord channel for the same opportunity that we give for our subtext subscribers. Unfortunately, subtext hasn't made it possible for the international audience to be part of that, but I I have an option for you to be part of the Discord channel. So shoot me an email if you are interested. Otherwise, check out the show notes and you can join the Locked On Bills subtext community. All right, folks, it's a victory Monday. Enjoy it. The Bills 20 to 17 winners over the Chiefs, really improving their playoff positioning. And obviously a big one next against the Dallas Cowboys. But we got a lot more to do between now and then. So make sure you don't miss anything. Take a moment to be sure that you are subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again on the All 22 Review.